Hello, everybody. Pumped to finally get this episode out to you all. The first official episode. All right, man. We're live. Welcome to the show. Andrew, you're the this is your third appearance on here. Yeah, glad to be back. You uh continue to be well, you were tied with a few people. Now you're in the lead again. I'm the top one, huh? Top yeah, you've been on here more times than anyone else. Congrats. That's a privilege. That's a privilege. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, for everyone listening, this is not I'm not calling it episode one necessarily, but rebranding the podcast to the Shane White show as we've outgrown the whole simply finance term a little bit. So this is the first of that, and you've been the first of a few different uh, components of this podcast, so I thought, why not have you on here to be the first of a new rebranded show? Yeah, and you were telling me a little bit about it before we got on here, and um, um, it's cool because see how your podcast has evolved over the past year or two. How long have you been doing this? Oh, thanks, buddy. Um, I kicked it off literally like the last week of March 2020, like when I was the, the first week of working from home. Okay. So you're almost two years into it. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. I remember is... listening. Go ahead. Oh, thank you. This is my 175th episode. Oh, really? Just funny. Yeah. yeah. I remember it. Like, it's totally evolved and changed, which is cool. Yeah. Do you remember like the very, cause you were, I remember just like asking you, I'm like, I need someone I'm good friends with to like be my first one. Cause I was so nervous. And I think I went from you and then DM Corey G. He, that was literally like the first and not just expecting him to not even respond. And he's like, sure. Do you have, do you have time now? <laughs> now? Uh, sure. Yeah. Which from me to Corey G is a giant leap. I mean, it, it's cool though. That's what I think makes this so fun is you can have anyone on and talk about anything. What do you think has been like some of the, the like biggest noticeable changes? Cause you've probably, I mean, you honestly probably listened to it. You're probably one of the first people to actually listen to it. Yeah, I mean, there the, when we first started, it was all about finance and investments and stuff. And now it's basically become more of up and coming entrepreneurs. Yeah. And and just, you know, talking to them and what they're doing and learning about their products and trying to get them out there, you know, letting people learn about what they have. So it's totally, I mean, it's not even about investment much anymore. I don't think it's about, you know, branding and, and people starting their products and yeah. Listen to these entrepreneurs and their ideas and how they're doing it and their story behind it. Yeah. It's funny because I, I didn't even mean for that to happen. Like I just started having a few guests on that were in the CPG space and then realized it seemed like that was just a bigger connection. So like with finance, like even like understanding how you raise money and like, for example, any of these brands, it's been so interesting to learn how many different ways there is to do it. Like coming from RX, I just knew the way they did it, um, but had no, you know, I thought that was kind of how everyone did it. And then you talk to that many people in totally different spaces, making different products and no one does it the same way. No, um, no, there's no, there's no streamlined process on how to do this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then I thought it was fun to have athletes on just because I think the story, like seeing them at the highest level is obviously wild, but obviously all of them, same thing. They had to like start at zero like having Matt on here, like he never lifted. He started one day lifting weights for the first time, right? Like Crazy. it's funny to think about. And then yep. how did he get from that to, you know, where he's at today? Yep. Um, yeah. It's fun meeting people, talking to people. It's been kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, it's cool, awesome. man. Well, I think that one of the co- first things I wanted to hit on um, 
was just you. I, I can't remember the, the last time you came on here. Did we talk about your new business and real estate and all that fun stuff? Or you might yeah. have just hit on it. Yeah. So we talked about real estate and I think we talked a little bit about sports gambling and stuff too. And I think we even talked a little bit about investments too, because back when I was last, so I think you're still primarily, you know, trying to push uh, investment and stuff. Yeah. But, Which I was going to say, it's funny to think back on because now I'm deep into the sports gambling world. Um, not winning a ton, but I haven't lost a ton. Just kind of sitting. I've told you this. I started with 50 bucks. One, one huge bet got me to 500. And then I've literally played off the 500 ever since. I've never put more money in, but I've never run out. So yep. <laughs> I just keep floating right in the middle. And I think I told you too, when, when you first started this, I'm, it's a break-even game. It, it, it is. Like it, you always think fun. there's slam dunks. And then you're like, oh, I'll just throw one extra, like in a parlay, because yep. the odds help just a little bit. And then that's the one, or honestly, it's not even that game that I feel like has, you know, been the one that I've lost. It's the obvious ones that you think are going to be slam dunk wins. And you're like, I'll just throw it in for a little boost. And then you get fucked. <laughs> it happens every time. It gets yeah. every, happens every time. Every it's game. It makes the dumbest games fun, though. It does. It makes you look forward to those Thursday night games that are complete trash. Yeah. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And it's, I've made it more fun because Kelly's involved. So my wife's involved. Helps. I we have a rule where uh, you know if we're sitting together, I always make her hit the the accept button. <laughs> but then she's invested in the that game. That way you won't well. get in trouble. Yeah, well then she's invested as well. So then yep. you know I'm getting pissed off at the game. She's screaming at the TV more than I do when the money's on the line, which makes it fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I never. I always tell people don't don't bet anything you're not willing to just throw away honestly like it needs to be the same as if you go to vegas or go play blackjack like assume it's gone you gotta be smart yeah it should not become a monthly component of your your budget per se uh no, no, sports gamble in my opinion that's a little that's unless it's, it's unless what you do for fun unless you decide to like not go out or do something different you're like i'm gonna gamble money i guess that's fine yeah but no, it's uh, it's not money that you know that you need to be living off of. If you got some extra yeah. change laying around, you know it's it's fun to do. And sure. if you want to get involved in sports, I mean, gambling can make you very very involved about oh, teams yeah. you never cared about cared about before. It does also make you uh, pay attention to more in the sport. Like I like I now I feel like like this year I have such a deeper understanding of the the teams and the players than even when I used to do like fantasy football. Honestly, like I think I understand in like the spreads and understanding. I don't know. It's interesting. You're much more invested. Yeah. And I I think I talked to you about this stuff too. It's like, you got to read and you got to pay attention because who's out, who's hurt. What's going on? Especially now with all this COVID shit, people just don't, you can't keep track of who's playing. Like I was looking, uh, you were telling me you were betting on a bunch of the bowl games. And so I started looking today. I'm like, wait, there's games canceled because of COVID. There's bowl games delayed. Teams are swapping in and out. I'm like, what? Most of these platforms are good about refunding your money if a game gets canceled, which is good. Yeah. That helps. Yeah. I saw Barstool that you finally got a, they got their name on a bowl and the bowl got. uh, (laughs) Oh, felt terrible for them. They were pissed. They were so. sucks. But uh, yeah, with, with the NFL, like so many players are starting to hit the COVID list and. Like you, you got to pay attention to and And I was telling you a couple of weeks ago that, you know, usually when I get into gambling again is, you know, the NFL playoffs, it's my favorite thing to gamble on. Okay. And, you know, that's where it gets good. And that's where all these teams are, you know, they're giving it, they're all, they're competing. And yeah. these last couple of weeks of the NFL, you have to watch because like the Packers, but, you know, week 17, 
they're going to probably sit their main players. So you can't go gambling on games like that because, you know, they're setting all their first string guys. Yeah. That, you know, that's a funny point. Like yep. at the end, especially with COVID, this could like the last few games could be, or you could have some teams that just pull off some stupid upsets. Right. So it's probably a tough time to gamble. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Cause I haven't done, I haven't done a full season yet. This is my first like season of NFL betting. And there's so many moving parts, like the, for example, like Jets and Jaguars, like it's probably smart for them to lose to get the first draft pick. Oh, good point. Yeah. It's not necessarily even the lock on. Oh, good call. Yeah. I I don't know if it, I don't know if teams do that. I wouldn't doubt it if they did. I think, I mean, I'm sure they do. Right. things, Things to think about. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Now, I'm sure. Yeah, you're right. But like, I would. It'd be fun this year. I was thinking about this. Like I told you, I've been kind of like in between, just like not really winning a ton, not losing a ton. Yeah. Maybe I just throw a bunch on the Super Bowl and make it very um, nerve wracking or fun, whichever it ends up being. Try to so, risk a bunch and win a bunch. Because are the odds usually? I feel like the odds are probably pretty thin. Um, yeah, I guess it just depends. But the Super Bowl is so much fun because there's so many prop bets. Is there more prop bets on the Super Bowl than any of like the normal NFL games? Because remember last year you talked about like the Gatorade color and all this oh, other absolutely. stuff. Yeah, they get into you know how long the national anthem is and, and you know over under a minute fifty three for example or something and you know Gatorade color. And there, there's so much more. But. That's hilarious. You got to go like go do research on when this person has sung it before and how long it took them and shit like that. Oh, that's yep. hilarious. So again, everyone listening, this is obviously not this is very different than investing or doing something smart with your money. This is purely fun, enjoyable. Mm. That's hilarious. Well, yeah. it's been fun. I'm excited. I enjoy it. Um, you know, again, I'm not making, I'm not di- doing anything crazy. No. But, and, and neither do I, or nor have I ever, you yeah. know, it's just, yeah. pure, just, just for the fun of it, you know, to make things more interesting. And sure. But this time of the year is the best time of the year to be gambling because you have all the bowl games. You got the NFL playoffs coming up. It's right. Perfect. It's great. What do you, you use FanDuel, right? I use DraftKings. Oh, you use DraftKings. Okay. That's what yeah. I'm on. I went, I was on Barstool, went over to DraftKings. And then um, did I tell you what happened in Illinois though? Uh-uh. So at the very beginning, like you could just sign up. So you had to like put in your, I think your social and your credit card and all that fun stuff to do on the yeah. phone. Um, and then like two or three months in, for some reason, they changed. I don't know if it was because the number of people signing up was higher than they thought. Mm-hmm. They changed the rule that in order to get on any of these platforms now, you have to go in person to the casino and bring like your social security card and show them and sign up. Really? Yeah. Like whatever casino is backing it. And so like Barstool, for example, is way out like an hour from Chicago, like the actual casino that's backing it. And so no one can like all of my neighbors and friends that have didn't sign up before that, like can't, they don't, no one's going to sign up unless you want to use like, there's some dumb apps. There's like some not unpopular betting apps that you can go to casinos close by and use, which is fine. I mean, it doesn't really matter, but um, it was funny because now I just kept, I kept the bar stool and the DraftKings on my phone. Cause I was like, I mean, I'm not going to like delete one now because I can't go sign up. But I like Barstool for a minute because they're. Um, I feel like the promotions are pretty solid. Yeah, the app just sucks. It's so bad. It like doesn't oh. know where you're at half the time. The way it's like laid out in the color scheme, it all just it's a. Oh, they need to like do some work. So I went back to DraftKings because DraftKings. I just it's much simpler to understand. The, yeah. their I've never I've never great. Fanduel or Barstool, so I you know I can't say one way or the other. <clears> but I've always used DraftKings from the very beginning, and I mean. It's very organized, you know, it's yeah. 
pretty laid out, straightforward. So I just yeah, I like like the, their parlays, how easy it is to see oh, what you're in. So like nice. the green and the red, like on Barstool, one like five or six game parlay, you have to scroll through your screen three times. Like it's all spread out. Oh so you, yeah, you can't just see it real easily. It's, you know, it's yeah. weird stuff like that. Like I feel like they didn't think through. Yeah. Um. But it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Good old sports betting. Um, so wait, real estate. I mean, you're wrapping up your first full year of that. How's it been? I mean, yeah, I think so for everyone listening, I mean, you were, you were kind of working, not to say you were like in the corporate world by any stretch. Cause you were, you were not necessarily in the corporate world, but you, I mean, you were working for somebody else and you were working a, a normal job that you had to use a college degree for and all that fun stuff. And you made the switch to real estate and doing your own thing. And so how's it been? You got a whole year under your belt. It's been fun. Yeah, it's, it's been awesome. And, you know, obviously the real estate market's red hot right now. So it was an awesome time to jump in. And, and for you guys that don't know, I started last February. So I'm, you know, almost a year into this thing. And, you know, the first year was a huge success. Um, did way better than I ever could imagine. Hell yeah. Love and, that. And I hope this just keeps rolling. And, you know, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, it's, it's been pretty slow. But uh, is that that's predominant, right? Like I remember when we looked for a house in here in Chicago, like I feel like no new product, no new listings seem to come on the market from like December 1st through March. It seemed like, yeah, it's been pretty dead. I've got some phone calls here the last week or two or whatever, people looking for properties and stuff. And they're like, there's nothing coming up. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's, it's going to be pretty slow here between the holidays. And I was talking to some. And, and why is that? Is it just because do you know why? Like, is there? A I don't know. If, I don't know if people are a little bit more worried, um, you know, about the holidays and more focused on that stuff. Um, you know, I don't really have a great answer for it, but yeah. you know, I'm talking talking to some other agents, and they kind of said the same thing. They've been in real estate for a long time, and you know, traditionally this is the slowest time of the year. So, you know, I knew it was coming. So, and it's kind of nice to catch your breath after. I mean, this past year was so intense. Sure. Oh yeah. It was. It was nice to catch my breath and, you know, get organized again and, and get things around, you know, for the start of 2022. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I'm sure there's a lot to do too, to kind of get ready for the next year and just kind of prep for all that anyway. I'm yep, sure. Get your marketing lined up and, you know, take things that worked from last year and, you know, continue on keep doing them, um, you know, for this coming year and the things that didn't work so well, you know, um, wipe them off the slate and find another way to try and, you know, what, that's, yeah. That's Sorry. the big, that's the big thing is, you know, marketing is how you're getting your name out there and, you know, being a first year agent, like it's going to take a long time to get your name, you know, out on the market and, and for people to trust you and, and, you know, to be that branded agent within that territory. So, you know, you have to find ways that work and, you know, obviously I track all of that stuff, but, you know, find ways that, uh, you document which, which ways are the most successful and you keep using those and try different methods and keep pushing yeah. forward. That's cool. I mean, I'm, I'm so, I'm not surprised cause I, I knew you'd be good at this, but was it surprising for you? Like, I feel like that has to be one of the hardest things of getting into that industry is you have like, no, you've never, if you've never sold a property, I'm sure someone like wanting to list with you is, is difficult. Was having the brand behind you a little bit helpful? Cause people obviously knew what the brand was in the, types of real estate you sell yeah huge for us um whitetail properties is such a big rural land company that you know the name backing us helps a bunch and um 
I mean, you still got to brand yourself. And like I said earlier, you know, people have to learn to trust you. So, mm-hmm. you know, just pushing yourself out there is the biggest thing, which, you know, it's, it's, it's expensive, but yeah, um, you know, we have such a great company backing us and their marketing methods help a bunch. But. That's sweet. Was it the company as a whole? Was it a big year? I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. for everyone. Yeah. Record year. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. And they continue to grow every year too. So it's, uh, do you feel like, I mean, you're deep into this now. Do you, cause it's been interesting talking and I know they're different worlds, but like the world that you sell in. And for example, some of my friends here in Chicago that are looking to like move out of the city and buy houses out in the suburbs. The biggest thing I hear is just, you know, it's so expensive now. It always was, but now it's so expensive that people are going even further West away from the city. Do you feel like it's a bubble at all? Like, do you think we're heading into, like, is it going to come back or do you think this is a new normal just because of what you've seen and in your you know view of the industry and talking to you know a lot of people that's been in the industry for a long time you know a lot of people were saying that you know this is a bubble that's going to burst and it, this isn't going to ride out for that long like surely it's going to come back down but you know after my first year being in this stuff i thought it would kind of slow down you know towards the end of summer but it just kept coming kept coming and even it looks like coming in 2022 it's going to keep going i don't know if you know i'm too early in my career to make that call but i just don't see it coming down i really don't the only thing that's going to mess it up is interest rates yeah yeah but right if interest rates go way up yeah that might be what it takes but i wonder that's i know that's a deep 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 conversation of like what happens but that that's a good point i hadn't really thought of it from that angle like if interest rates go way up obviously you're gonna have less people buying supply is gonna go up demand's gonna come down and it might level out a little bit right like that's the only thing that's gonna slow it down in my opinion but right now like land values are the strongest that they've ever been and they continue to rise and they're not stopping so and i think yeah yeah i thought they'd level, i thought they'd level out and same with home values too like some people are shooting for the moon with the prices that they're putting out there and sure obviously the market will level that out and it has, but for the most part, it's climbing. Yeah. I know the house, I tell you about the house across the street from us who they listed, I mean, what did they list it for? It's a, I should look it up. It's probably 2,800 square feet. It's like, it's almost like what I would call like a one and a half stories. Like the, the second story is like vaulted. So sure. it's really not like a, doesn't feel like a full second story. Yep. And I think they listed it for seven forty nine last spring, mm-hmm. which is, I thought was ridiculous for the size and the quality of the house. Yeah. <clears throat> and they went through like three different selling sellers. Uh, I think it got contingent two or three times. I'm assuming it failed inspection and it was like the weirdest thing. And I'm just curious of how much of this is going on. I, I'm sure you don't know, but like, they always said something was wrong with their foundation on the side of the house that we can see. Like you can tell the bricks or they would like get uneven and they'd get someone out. They'd tear them all out. They'd put new bricks up. They'd make it look like it was part of the house. And then they'd try to resell it again. And this last time they fixed it, painted the whole house white, like all the bricks white. Yep. I felt like it was so you could, you couldn't tell and it sold, but it sold for five ninety. Mm-hmm. It's just so interesting. Like I'm just, yeah, it's, 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 I'm curious of how many of those it's happening too, where like they just swung for the fences to see if they could get 750 out of this house. That they knew wasn't worth it. They still end up getting almost six. Um, it crazy. I mean, yeah. sometimes they price it to the moon and it, and they can get it too, you know, 
Because um, if you would have listed it for six and you only got it for five ninety, that doesn't feel like a good deal. But if you knew it went for seven forty nine, you end up getting them down to five ninety. Like hell yeah, I got a steal. Right, you won. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I feel like the real estate game is so cool because I just, I mean, I've only bought, we've bought our house obviously, and we had yeah. a little bit different situation where it wasn't so complex, but. Yeah. Huh. It's, it's wild. It's an addicting process. Yeah, I bet. No, I, I bet. Love I love it. I love working for myself. I at at this point in my career, I don't know if I could ever go back to working for somebody else. I really don't. Yeah. Cause what, what would you do just for people who are interested in real estate? Like for you, it's, you know, that's like your main source of income, obviously. If um, you know, say the housing market, like, or the real estate market in general just went to shit. What do you guys normally do in your industry? Is it just like kind of pulling back on spend and trying to ride it out until it comes back? Or like, what, what is, what kind of happens in that industry when like pricing and, and just selling in general declines? I mean, you have to be smart, especially with your financials and what you could do and stuff, but you still got to push forward and keep getting your name out there. I mean, you can't necessarily pump the brakes. You just got to ride the wave. Like you got to ride through it and you got to prepare for it too. Right. Like we have a good year, maybe next, like don't bank on spending all that, for example, like put some of it away. So when it's a bad year, you kind of even out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You just got to ride with it. And, you know, a lot of people talk about 2008. Yeah. Um, they said, you know, for real estate is really tough and, you know, you just got to push through it, hold tight and you'll come out of it. Yeah. Cause even I guess if the market kind of comes down, it's not like there's nothing being sold. So as long as you're the one that's selling most of the, of the, sure. of the, you know, the lower amount of properties that are being sold, you're still going to do all right. Stuff's always going to move. Somebody's yeah. always going to want to sell something. It just might not be as much. Right. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Okay. Got it. Well, that's really cool, man. Pump for it. You've seemed like a happier person in the last 12 months than, you know, I feel like you probably were the last, what, four or five, six before that. Oh, absolutely. Someone else. Yeah. Feel a lot better. There's no doubt about it. You know, I answered to myself, obviously I work for a company and, you know, they're, they're there for us every step of the way, but uh, for the most part, you know, it's, it's my business and I do with it what I choose and yeah, you, know, you get what you put into it. And, sure. Uh, do you feel like uh, you work more now or before? Um, well, I came from the agriculture industry, so we worked a tremendous amount there. But True. I feel like real estate and, you know, working from home, I feel like you can't necessarily ever get away from it, oh, which yeah. is which is fine. I mean, I I don't mind that. I probably it's probably a wash, but I'm doing it for me and my family. Yeah, you know, I'm not making somebody else rich. Yes. That is a, isn't that such a shift in the head? Like, it is it's huge. Cause I feel that way, even with what we're doing with Noble and like it, there's, you can always do more and you can always help a client. You can yeah. do something that moves the business and their business forward. It's such, a, it's such an addicting feeling. You almost feel like if you're not working on it, you're like, why am I not guilty. working on it? I feel guilty. Yeah. 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 I, and honestly, I always, I feel like I wake up every day now in this boat of like, all right, I got to go, go, go. Like, there's just so much I want to do. It's not even that I have to, it's like, I just want to do it. I want to help my clients. I want to grow this. I want to grow that. Um, which is such a, I tried to explain to someone recently. It's like such a different feeling than waking up with the feeling of like, I need to be on my computer or in the office by X time because my boss is there. And I know I have to get this, this, and this done for them. Yeah. It's a very different feeling. It's a whole different mindset and you have to be disciplined to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be so into it and you just, you got to want more every single day. hundred percent. And it is, don't get me wrong. It's stressful, you know, and working for somebody else was just as stressful too, but 
this is just a different kind of stress, I guess. And it's weird to, you can't hardly put it into words. No, you have and, to experience it. Yeah. Right. Do you feel that way? Like it's hard to explain it to someone who's never tried. It is. And don't get me wrong. You know, there's days uh, pulling my hair out and stress to the max and working 14, 15, 16 hours. But yeah, in my eyes, it's worth it. You're working for yourself. Working for yourself. Yeah. 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 I, I 100% agree. Yeah. Um, I, I hope that COVID has allowed more people to try things. Like if anything, being remote, I yeah. know for you, that wasn't a huge thing right away. I know in, in the majority of the corporate world, like obviously you're, no matter if you work for company A, B, or C, you're most likely behind a computer at a desk in your house. So right, gives you the opportunity to try stuff at least. Yeah. Um, you know, this podcast was that too. I've, I think I've said that a few times. Like if it wasn't for COVID, there's zero chance I probably would have started this. Right, exactly. You know, uh, so- I think that's always, I don't know, something cool to think about after COVID's over. It's like what was created. I think I saw even in September, more people quit their jobs in one month. I forget what news agency reported that than any month in the history of them ever tracking it. Right. Like, it's so interesting. Just more people are jumping and trying stuff. We're in a big shifting point. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot with this, uh, I think it's called the build back better plan or bill or whatever. I love the name. I, I don't care who created it. When I heard that, I was like, huh, build back better. Yeah. And Is that proper English. <laughs> and I was reading an article yesterday um, about how that's going to affect the real estate industry, especially. Well, I don't even what do you high level. What does it mean? I don't even honestly feel like I understand what it stands. What, like what the goal of the plan is. Uh, so basically I think it's based off of infrastructure. Um, highways roads highways roads bridges all that stuff plus uh another big part of this bill at least i think it is anyway is getting you know reliable fast internet out in rural areas oh that's interesting i didn't know that and that's how that's going to affect especially the business i'm in you know rural real estate is that if you get this high-speed internet out in rural areas these people from inner cities are going to start moving out there and they can still do their jobs effectively from home yeah. out in the middle of nowhere. I never thought about that. Cause yeah. a lot of people even out by you, if, unless like, is there, are there areas where you just like, can't get fast internet? Um, I mean, for the most part anymore, it's pretty reliable. Like there's a lot of, uh, towers that people run off of, which oh. it's surprisingly decent internet. Um, oh, like they get like a, like from your, like a hotspot almost. Uh, kind of, yeah. Oh, uh, but, um, recently, so thankful for this and um within my county we've gotten fiber optic internet oh wow it's so nice and it is the fastest thing that i've ever seen it's, i should know this i have no idea if we have fiber really yeah you'll know. I have no idea you'll yeah. know oh you'll know yeah um i think my in-laws got it i know that um and i know they talk high i have to, I'll have to look yeah that's super well because that's what's interesting right and you see it, you probably know less about it than maybe what I experienced, but just this mass exodus of people leaving the city of Chicago. Like people are just like, what's the, like crime's so high. Co- the COVID stuff is, I mean, I don't want to get too political on here, but from my perspective, it's just bullshit that you, they're now going to instill um, vaccination cards. I don't even know the age, but I know, I know someone who I was talking to yesterday his kids are old enough that they need a card, but young enough that his, him and his wife didn't feel comfortable like forcing them to get the vaccine. This is with everything that's been coming out. 
And they are moving out of the city because starting January 3rd, his kids can't go to a restaurant. They will not be allowed in a restaurant in Chicago. And he's like, why are we living here? Right. I, I think some of that stuff is going to like the ability to work out in the middle of anywhere you want to your point and mm-hmm. not pay the prices and deal with the crime and some of the BS that's going on in some of these big cities, man. Yeah. I think it's going to be an exodus. I think my, this is my bullish opinion. Five to 10 years from now, the commercial real estate markets in big cities are going to be in just disastrous places. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like the office space is down where I used to work. Like I have no idea who's buying those places. Yep. Like I just don't, I don't, I don't know who they are. And like, and you know, I don't know. I'll get in my head too. And I'm like, you know, what if this real estate market crashes? Like, what am I going to do if it does something like that? And then like, I get to reading articles and talking to people and seeing what's going on. It's yeah. just like real, real estate's not going to crash. I don't think, I don't think anything residential is in a huge, like if anything, people with COVID it's opened our eyes to like getting away from people (laughs) and having space and having your own house. Yeah. And like your own place where you make your own, like, I think that's becoming a bigger and bigger want. Like my friends that live in the city that live in, you know, one bedroom apartments, I think they're all just like, they see, you know, out in the suburbs, you can have a yard and a garage. I don't know. There's just, I don't think the maybe the thrill of all that is changing a lot more because people like if all your friends are moving away and there's crime and all this other stuff that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's kind of, it's just, it's a weird, weird time. It is the a last weird two time. years, big change. It's a big change coming, but you know, I can't bash city living cause I've never really done it other than college. It's the closest thing I've ever been to. Oh as boy. Well. You call it West Lafayette city living. <laughs> you can call it that compared to where you're from. That's that. Yeah. Compared to where I'm at. That's, that's big city living, but that's hilarious. Um, it's just such a quiet, slower pace of living out here. Now I will say moving to Chicago for me and being in the city and like where I live is still, it's a suburb, but it has a kind of a feel in between like a true suburb of Chicago and downtown. Yep. Love the hustle and bustle. That's like the one thing that like, I kind of love. It's just like, I feel like everyone's like moving and trying to make money and like improving everything and growing and all this stuff that I never felt in West Lafayette or even like when I worked in Indy necessarily to the same degree, just, I just didn't feel like I felt that same energy. But it's weird. It's kind of it's all if, you walk, if you walk outside your front door, you feel a little bit more motivated because there's stuff going on nonstop. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's been funny. I don't know if I've talked about this on here before. Something about moving to Chicago. And again, this isn't talking bashing like where I'm from came from, but there is something to be said in, I think, probably any big city. Like some of the people that I kind of live close to, the amount of money they're making mm-hmm. is so beyond what I thought was possible. Right. Unless I was like a professional athlete. Right. And then I start to meet these people and they're like the Christmas parties we go to now. And it's just funny talking to them. You yep. realize like there's an endless possibility to like better yourself and your family and make more money. If you want to, if you want to try and you want to learn something and you want to build something like I just, there's so many examples of people I've met in the last, I've been here for four years now that year. I'm like, I just didn't even know it was. And that's, you know, I could have run into people like that in somewhere else where I grew up in Indiana, potentially. Um, right. Right. It's been eye-opening for me to like think back to like what I thought was possible um, four years ago, even. Uh, but that's been a huge, that's, that I don't know if we'll lose some of that with just the way things are going. You know, the, the hustle and bustle of big cities. On the flip side, things like podcasting like this, like I talk to people like you and me are talking right now. I mean, you can do that with anybody, which I think is 
I think the internet and technology has allowed that side of the hustle and bustle. If you want to be a part of it, you can be anywhere. You can be right. a part of these conversations and like, you don't have to fly to New York city to be at a conference to like be in the NFT, which we'll get into in a second, be exactly. at, like talking to everyone with NFTs anymore. Like you yeah. still can, but you can also join a, I don't know, fucking zoom call and talk to people about it. Exactly. It's wild. Yeah. It's cool. And it's going to keep evolving. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Yep. Yeah. So speaking of NFTs, we got to get into that before we're done with this episode. Um, You and I have been chit-chatting about this, sending stuff back and forth. You're one of two or three people that I talk about NFTs with. And it's funny because, uh, did I send you the screenshot from my Coinbase account? Did I I send that to you? Yeah. So I, I remember my cousin is the first one that I ever talked to about Ethereum. He was like bullish on it. I think 20, I mean, we were in college for sure. It was like 2014, maybe the end. So I started learning about Ethereum and I just believed in this, like the whole concept of blockchain and smart contracts, that whole just like smart contract piece. I was like, oh, I could see how, like, if this caught on, that could be, you know, a popularity. Absolutely. But I bought some and finally in 2017, after like kind of going down a rabbit hole, and I've just sat on it. And then I've bought a bunch of Bitcoin, Ethereum and Dogecoin. Yes, mm. got some Dogecoin. Um, yeah. But the NFT stuff, would love to get your thoughts. I know you and I both like don't know nearly enough probably to talk about this, but seeing the art side of things, and we'll get into like I think what Gary V did with uh, like this VCon thing. That's where I see it. Probably, I don't know. I think in the short to medium term, like that whole concept of what NFTs can do is is wild. Yeah, um, totally different world, NFT world, and I've just started reading about it within the last two to three weeks. Um, you know, just because of social media and I don't even think it's, it's huge yet. And I don't even think a lot of people know about it. Um, I think it's kind of like a crypto thing because crypto took off there. What? Probably a year ago. Uh, don't know, dude. The first, the first, like, I think what people considered like crypto millionaires was in 2017. So when I, I remember like joining- when everybody started getting involved, everybody started talking about it last year. Yeah, there was I- like, that, that was still yeah. early adopters back then, but that was when that first huge spike happened and people like put their mortgages on it and then lost. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know if you remember that. People were like, people were like taking out loans to buy more Ethereum and Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. And then it all crashed at the beginning of 2018 and it slowly but surely just kept climbing since then. Yep. But you're right. I think probably like a year or so. It was definitely when COVID hit, like in that time, I think people started kind of going down that rabbit hole. I think the um quantitative easing program i don't know if you've learned about that but mm-hmm. it's basically the it's a fancy way of saying uh the fed is printing money and just investing it in the stock market yeah. so that um the stock market continues to rise i mean it's basically like just pumping fake money in i heard a stat the other day that said uh 80% of the cash in circulation today was was printed in the last 5 months i heard that which I, I, I can't understand. Like my head doesn't, that doesn't make sense. That's hard to fathom. Yeah. The thing about that. I mean, that's a whole different thing we could talk about, but I, the NFT thing is wild. I, I didn't fully understand the art thing. Like I kind of got, okay. I got the point. I got like, Oh, you, you can even, you can copy and paste, or take a screenshot and you can say you have it, but in reality, it's not on the blockchain. It's not on the blockchain. And so you, there's a way to verify that it's yours. I, I, I understood how that worked, but I did understand why you'd pay for it at first. Right. Like people paying millions of dollars for these, like punk, whatever those monkeys are. Like, I don't know if you saw though, the crypto monkey things. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get this thing. Right. Then I think Gary V was the first one 
that he had drawings. They turned into an NFT, NFT sold them, but it wasn't just like you own the drawing. Like what that, that was, I mean, you do, but that wasn't why you were paying for it. You were paying for it because the proof, the proof on the blockchain of you owning his like doodle was essentially if you held on to it or you could resell it to somebody else, but it was a ticket into a live event with him. And right. I almost bought some because some there's a few that were like breakfast with him. Like basically, if you held it, you were you could get a breakfast with him once a year, and he like mm-hmm. fly you wherever you wanted to go, like to meet him. I'm like, I, I would I just an hour sitting down with him would be cool. I mean, I, met, you, I, I told you I met him once, didn't I? Yeah, yep. yeah. I mean, it'd be so cool. That made a lot of sense to me. If you're and again, the problem there though is still like, how does it get mass adoption? Unless, like it in my mind, and I'm talking a lot here. I see people like famous creating NFTs for example, for you to come to their show, to meet them. Right. I mean, I, even someone like, I just went and saw Sebastian Maniscalco. So like someone who's a comedian, like if you sold NFTs and those were tickets to a show, right? I could understand that. But then I don't understand. I still don't understand how it went, like how they're worth so much. Because then if you're, if you're someone famous selling it to people who aren't, they're not going to have the money to pay millions of dollars yeah. for your thing. So that's where my head's still a little lost. And like, who, who are the people that are spending all this money on some of these things? Right. And it's like, a royal, it's like a royalty thing, right? So like, but like the, the, the crypto punk market. thing. Right. You're only buying Ethereum. So I think what I also was trying to figure out is the people that are paying all this money, they must be the people who made a shit ton on crypto. Yeah. Right. Because who else is flinging millions and millions of dollars on these images? Yeah. But like, so can you go buy like a crypto punk, the monkey smoking mm-hmm. a cigarette or whatever he's doing, you know, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. for example, um, can you go buy that for a hundred bucks? And then the person that created it obviously has royalties to that. Yeah. And then, so like, here's where I get lost on it. Like, so if I buy it, like, does someone buy it for me? And it just keeps going down and down and down. And like each time that's sold, like you get a little bit and the guy that created get a little bit like, yes. that's where I'm lost. on that, it. That's how it works. So everyone yeah. on the blockchain before you, and I don't know what, how like the percentages all work. And I, I think you right. actually set it up when you like, it's called tokenize mm-hmm. an NFT. So you turn something that's physical or digital into a token. I believe, yeah, like whatever, if it's 5%, I think as that value keeps, cause it's going to obviously, hopefully someone's hoping it sells for more and more and more, but even if it right. doesn't, I'm pretty sure the initial person gets a small percent that's what I thought. forever. So like, I, I just listened to a Gary Vee thing and he was saying where his whole head goes long-term is it's so cool to think like if you or I created something today and we sold it literally 30 years from now, our kids, if we, we died or whatever, our yep. kids would still be making money forever. Like the, right. you, as long as you hold on to it, all right, mm-hmm. I guess you don't have to hold on to it. I don't, it must be connected to your wallet. That's the part I don't understand. Like technologically, I yeah. understand the blockchain at a very high level. Right how the money continues to flow into your account forever is a little weird. And I don't know how you track that or see that or know it's working or all that fun stuff, but it's, it's kind of cool to think about. It is. I have a lot more read to do. I know that. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Yeah. But I think the artwork side of the NFT is just a small portion of what's to come of it. Yeah. I think there's a lot more involved. I think it's going to be more like, People will use it. What, what's the other example I used today? Well, people were saying you could even use it. Okay. Anything that you have a piece of paper as a receipt for could be an NFT. Right. Right. Like, I think that's makes a ton of sense. Even like your receipt when you buy something or a receipt, when you go to a restaurant, like any of those things just digitized. 
mm-hmm. it's on the blockchain. It, if you think about it from that angle, if just like people originally thought Bitcoin would be the the way to use money instead of cash, and I think there's a lot of debate on whether that'll still happen, but if people use the blockchain and Ethereum, well, then you're going to push more and more people to start buying things with Ethereum, which exactly. is kind of where it's all going anyway. It is. Yeah. Oh, it's so interesting. It is. Um, but then it's like, well, then it's like the value, uh, the values get interesting because then it's the only problem, not problem, but I guess it's no different than, than um, cash, but like people who got in early and have a ton of Ethereum and the value of it went way up yep. and you become a you know millionaire, billionaire on your Ethereum. People that come in later, I guess it's kind of the same thing, right? Of the rich and the poor, like, because then if you come in, you have a hundred dollars in cash to get 0.001 Ethereum, you're going to be able to buy nothing with Ethereum. Right. So it's, it is interesting from like, how does it ever get used at scale? If you have a ton of people that have a, a majority of the, ca- of the Ethereum right. that must, I don't know, that's getting into like true economics and how that'll balance itself out. But I guess over time, if no one could buy a thing, that's overpriced. The, the demand would come down and your price would come down. Yeah. Heading to a very virtual world. And if you, I don't know if I haven't talked to you about this too, but virtual real estate, have you heard anything about it? I have, I just listened to, uh, do you listen to Joe Rogan very, like you listen to him very often? Uh, not often, but I mean, you know, you every should, once in a while too. You need to listen. Have you listened to the Tim Dillon episode that they launched? I think it was this week. A little bit. Yeah. Got to listen to the whole thing. Yeah. First of all, it's, he's those two together might be the funniest combo <laughs> on his podcast. And number yeah. two, Tim Dillon got into the why behind the real estate. And he talked about one of the, met, there's a metaverse that Snoop Dogg is like super bullish on. And he bought a ton of real right. estate in the yes. virtual world. And it, when they were like, Jamie brought it up and they were explaining it. And, and when they did that, I kind of like, oh, I get it. The, the problem is it's going to, there's, there's like an endless amount of metaverses that can be created. Right. So how do you have any fucking clue? I mean, you don't, I guess you don't know, like the same thing with real, real, real estate, I guess. Right. right. Like well, buy real estate, just, but if I go real, to like Wyoming and buy real estate today, like that's kind of the same thing. Like no one's really there yet, but you, yeah. I guess you're kind of banking on someday that becoming a hotspot. And I got into a conversation with my brother-in-law about this at Christmas about okay. real estate. Okay. And he made a good point too. Cause I, I brought it up and you know, I'm like, I want to learn more about this, but he's like, how to, how does value, how do you take value into consideration on this metaverse stuff when you can just create more? Yeah. I so think, I think with, it would be, I think the answer to that is you have to hope you're on the one, like the big popular one or one of the popular ones where where everyone that you want to be with is also on. And I thought about that too. And I'm like, you have to be in the one that obviously. Which then incentivizes the Snoop Dogg's, the Joe Rogan's of the world to like, if they all group together and got on a few, yeah, everyone's going to gravitate towards those. But how are average Joe's like you and I going to compete with, with that? I mean, money makes money, man. I'm starting to learn that too. It doesn't matter what it is. If you're you, you know what I mean? And you just got to keep grinding and, you know, right. But when you're at the top, I don't think there's anything that's going to even it out. Not in a, not in like our capitalistic world. Right. Like, yeah. right. Like we've talked about three different things today and all, every single one of them you'll win if you have more money. Right. It's, it's kind of funny, but it's true. Yep. Um, I don't know. I think it's the only thing I just don't, the metaverse stuff. Um, I, I'm much more bullish on like buying digital assets in them than I am like becoming a part of it and wanting to be in the metaverse than like Agreed. player. Yep. Um, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm not as bullish on that actually becoming as big of a thing as some people feel like it's going to be, but maybe it won't, maybe it won't, you know, I don't know. I just yeah. like, it's it, it, people got addicted to like Xbox live, but like, it's not like everyone, you know, is on live all day, exactly. all night. I don't exactly. know. Yeah. Now I did hear an argument though, from Tim Dillon that I thought was interesting. He said, you say that, but when life is better in the metaverse than in the real life for the average Joe, yeah. then people are going to want to go be in that world like more than they are in real life. Um, right. And I think Joe Rogan too said on that show, he's like, I want to go out in the real world and experience, yeah. you know, fantastic things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I'd rather make money in the metaverse and then go in the real world. Maybe. Yeah. It's hard to wrap your head around. It is hard to wrap your head around. Um, I was telling you on the phone, I think what, what is a really interesting play and I'll share this with anyone who's listening. I think it's, I do think it's, there's a lot of opportunity here. I think the Gary V thing could be, it could be turned into a lot of different businesses. I'm not going to share all my ideas necessarily, but you, I don't know. You could, anyone who has some influence and has a reason to do anything. Like I even thought about today, if someone wanted to write a book and the only way to get a, get a copy of this book, like let's say you had a hundred copies made, yep. you had to, you sold a hundred tokens and those NFTs were the ticket to get a book. Right. And then the book, like, I don't know how that would work, but would you, is there a way to connect? I guess if it was a digital book. I wonder if it would work. Cause oh. then, there, the, the only way you could like read and open the book is if you had the digital coin, like that's where I want to learn because like, that's also where it comes crazy. Cause then you'd have a hundred books in circulation that's where I see it's heading there. Like that example is interesting yeah. to me because then like if you create something or you work with someone who does have influence to sell an NFT and you have a part of it, yep. of the book. And then like, oh, people are just constantly selling it for more and more and more because it's becoming a popular book. On the flip side though, like how do you, how do you get visibility to it? If like only a hundred people can read it, how does it become popular? Yep. Those are the holes I'm seeing. I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. I haven't figured out how to gap that. Nope, you're right. Though, yeah, I don't know. I'm all in on it. I'm I'm ready to learn more, dive in. But. Well, when you know more, let me know. I need to, I need to figure out how you even buy. I I have Ethereum, but I don't know how to buy one today, or buy I, anything I, with it. I still don't know. There's a lot of platforms out there. This morning, that's what I was doing. I was researching platforms, you know, to get in on this. But. What are the ones you you read? Uh, I can't even remember the name of them. There's so many. Okay, yeah, I figured that's yeah. a weird thing too, right? Like everyone, yeah. anyone's trying to get involved in this. Yep. Interesting, dude. Still don't know which direction to go. Still got more reading to do. Yeah, got yeah. it. Are you still are you still investing? Uh, very little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to focus more on my business and growing my business now, and got then it. obviously down the road, you know, I'll look more into that. I wish you, I could. Are you, are you putting anything in? You're just not putting anything in right now. Not anything, no. No, oh, I am not. Not even a, not even a buck. No. All right, we gotta get you back on that. It is it is all in on this real estate. 10 bucks a week. I'm head first in the real estate. You can't, you can't put 10 bucks. Oh, I certainly could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's, what's the goal for next year? You're going to double the business, triple the business. What's like realistic in real estate. I don't even know. Cause is it, is it all, it all comes down to your time too. Right. Cause you gotta be able to go list these and show these and all that stuff. Right. Um, obviously you have goals each year and I've already set my 2022 goals, but I would love to double my business from last year. I mean, that would be huge, but obviously you run all the numbers, you know, within my territory of, um, you know, who has the most market share and obviously your percentage of each county, you know, wants to go up. So 
That's Got why it. I'm, looking I'm looking to gain market share in each county and, and just keep pushing forward, keep moving forward, double my business and grow each year. That's sweet, man. Well, good yeah. for you. Congrats on 2021. That's exciting. Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm excited. Pumped for going. you guys. I mean, it's awesome. Especially yeah. just hearing where you, I know, you know, a little over a year ago, we were having these conversations and you hadn't jumped into it yet. I know it was nerve wracking and you're like, I it hope was this a scary is a good week. idea. Yeah. And I, I tell my wife every, probably every once a month that I'm like, this is the smartest thing I've ever done. <laughs> Why didn't I do this five years ago? But you know, it's funny, maybe, maybe you a different place, different time, different skill set, different, right. you know, market conditions, maybe it wouldn't have been as, as bad. right, right. You never know. But no. you know, thankful for my past too for pushing me here. So yeah, 100%, yeah. dude. That's awesome. Well, good for you, buddy. Well, this is fun. Well, I definitely we need to dive into NFTs a lot more. Um, we could definitely do another one in a few months when we know a little more. Um, Hopefully I feel like I'm behind. Do you feel behind on it? Like I feel really behind on it, even though I know I'm not. Absolutely. Like yeah. when I think that for me the other day, I, another, I'm going to bring up Joe Rogan again, but he had that Beeple guy on. Oh yeah. And I heard how much he made. I'm like, Oh, yeah. okay. There, this is, I did. I knew that I was not like the earliest adopter by any stretch, but I'm way behind. Yeah. Well, it stresses me out how far behind I am on it. That's what I feel like. I'm like, if someone's yeah. making that much money, either it's either the, the whole philosophy of it is broken or I'm just super, super behind. Right but I'm not going to dive into something that I don't know, like I'm, that I'm not 100% confident in. But that's also a bad mentality I have, I guess, if I say that again, because, you know, when I got into investing in the stock market, I knew nothing true. and people have been making their entire living exactly. off that for, for that's true. 50 years. That's true. I just want to know what I'm doing. That's a, that's a big I, difference. I want to have a good idea. Yeah. With that's the stock a, market, when I started investing, I at least had an idea. I have a feeling this is going to become an addiction. I'm going to get into this. Oh, I'm, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm not into the like altcoin shit. Like I don't, I'm not a big believer in like a bazillion different coins. Right. Bitcoin, Ethereum for me, those two, I, I just, I, I understand the, the concept. Huh? Yeah. This is, this has been fun. This is, this was a fun podcast. I need to, uh, I need to do a lot of research. <sighs> I do too. I need to get to reading. Well, good, man. Well, thanks for coming on. This was I appreciate fun. You having me on. Yeah, for sure, buddy. And good luck with the business next year. And uh, we'll make some NFT money soon. I hope so. (laughs) All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. Thanks, man.